Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to On My Block Championship Preview. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks. Oh, here he is. Yeah. Man with the legend. There he is. Amon Green on What's air. Up? Amon, we just got breaking news as you as you step in here. Good to see you. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm up and down on those glasses. We'll talk about those later. <laughs> but as, we, as you step in right now, the NFC, uh, the Carolina Panthers just announced that they're not going to go with coach, head coach Steve Wilkes, interim head coach Steve Wilkes. They're going to go with Frank Reich, who, just to remind everybody, yeah. Frank Reich is oh. the guy that just got fired four four months ago for Jeff Saturday with right. the Indianapolis Colts. So to put to put the timeline on it, Frank Reich was Carson Wentz's um, kind of quarterback guru when he was successful in Philly. Yep. They won a Super Bowl. He got the job in Indianapolis. He went through Phillip Rivers, brought in Carson Wentz, did not work out a second time. Brought in Matt Ryan, did not work out at a second team. Nope. It got fired. And now within four months – now we talk about we can talk about the Rooney Rule. We can talk about bringing in young talent. We can, it, what, I'll go wherever direction you want to go. But within four months, a guy who who did not have success at his last franchise and got fired just took one of the, in my opinion, the most coveted job of the offseason because of the talent they have on defense, because of the yeah. money the owners willing to spend, because they're building a new stadium. They have draft picks. They got a ton. I think they got some picks for additional picks for Hassan Reddick. Right. And they're really missing a quarterback, but there's a this is a quarterback rich draft. They have they have good draft capital. They could do a trade. There's a lot of things going on. Like I to be I can't even say it any other way. I'm shocked that they that they drafted him. I think there should be a two year moratorium on head coaches getting more head coaching jobs within two seasons because yeah. to me it's like somebody should somebody like give somebody else a chance. Yep. Tell me what you think about this. Oh man, I'm right along with you. It, it just they're 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 I say they're bluffing. The Rooney rule, they bluffing all type of rules. Um, and just like you said, I say the biggest thing for me is giving other coaches a chance because we know there's coaches that are DCs and OCs that really should and want to. The only question is if they want to be the head guy because we know it's a different situation. You got a more, a more a set of rules and responsibilities that you don't have being the DC or OC. You know, you're just really focused on defense and scheming and game planning and getting players ready to play in your what you want to do offensively or defensively. But then as a head guy, we know it's everything. You're 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 a counselor. You're you're managing players and coaches and you're talking to the owners. You're talking to the GM. You're you're you're, you're, you're a director. You're, you're a director. Right. So. So, yeah, it is. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit surprising. Um, and but. Everybody in that building. I'm a Panther. Like I'm a Panther. Everybody in that building wanted Steve Wilkes. Coaches, right. players. I mean, I just, I, bro. I just don't get it. Like I just, I, the, the, I just don't understand where these guys. And I, it's not like I'm not anti Frank Wright. Like this could right. have literally been anybody who just got fired. I just can't fathom how it, how a. Um, and he seems to be, by all accounts, a very smart coach. But yeah. maybe maybe he's not a head coach. But I can't True. fathom how you go into a scenario where you you have two and a half years of of tryouts with the with the Indianapolis Colts, and you get fired, and four months later you're the first hire in this coaching cycle. And like again, I have nothing against Frank Reich. 
Right. And he I might think, be a fantastic coach. I just don't understand this. I, I believe, like, with owners and GMs, and particularly, well, they're both talking together, obviously, having a conversation early in the season, because this was midseason when he got fired, till now, maybe had conversations with his uh, representation, you know, whoever represents Frank, Frank Wright, and makes it, 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 it shortens the process, they feel like. I mean, from now on, as I'm thinking more, I'm like, because then you don't have to use your whole offseason to look for a coach or, how, or part of your offseason that's come, already started for a lot of teams. You don't have to use that percentage. You could probably get the head guy in early and then start lurking, working on draft because we know right after in, in three weeks we're focusing on NFL draft picks and then after that free agency. So, I mean, it's still – it's just a head shaker. It's like yeah. the rules mean nothing um, out there. And now it's just for the NFL to be like – execute type of discipline because of rules being broken and i'm like that's what i would want to see as a player like you know what take away continue draft picks you well, know well, okay so, so let's be let's be clear on this like it, what do you mean by that because like technically they 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 had a nine they they interviewed nine head coaches for this search okay see i didn't know that I yeah they, they interviewed nine head coaches and okay. these guys made this i think shane steichen might have shano might have made the second round but mm -hmm. it was those three and then they, they ended up with, and look, and Wilkes, but Wilkes was the head coach in Arizona, got jobbed over the Cliff Kingsbury thing. Yep. Like, so we, we all kind of know yep. how that worked out. And some of these guys, like some fits are better than other fits. And again, like I'm a Panthers fan, like James Campen's there. Um, I, Jeff Nixon's there, who's a great running back coach. Like, I'm a fan of those guys. I want them to do well. They have a great team. They have a great fan base. And I don't think, I think he will do well. I just don't under, I, it, I don't understand it. Because then you go to, you, you go to a young, you, you go to any coach, who's aspiring to be a, a, a head coach that is a man of color. Right. And you have to, I, I will say anytime you get in front of the decision maker, it is a good thing. You can, Amon Green, if you get in front of the decision makers for the Carolina Panthers, yep. it is, that is a good thing for you personally, because you are going to leave an impression and you might be making a longer term play. It might not be this cycle, but you mm -hmm. like, that is a net, the, the Rooney rule in that respect is a good thing. Yeah. But it, but the timeline for success is not what we want it to be. We, we, it's going to be a generation, yeah. and we want it to be like, wait a second, nah. dude, the next guy should be a person of color, right? Because that's be just, because that's what feels right. Right. What well, it, it feels right, and it just be like, just give somebody another chance. You know, we mm. he's already Frank already had several chances, and he's and he's still he's basically on his is that coaching side of it is on life support. And they just gave it life again when it's like, wait a minute, you got all these other candidates. You got one already in-house in terms of Wilkes. And yeah. the players already have his respect and all the other coaches' respect that he's already built through the firing of Matt Rule. So from that standpoint right there, it's easy to see. <clears throat> I would say it would have been easier for them to say, hey, we're going to keep Wilkes. Because then now they could build. Because you hear coaches say on the time, and you know this, you want this. You want to build off good stuff. Uh, from a year to a game to bat, you know, from a, a great practice to a great practice to a great season to a great season. You build that stuff. And this doesn't quite do that. This kind of brings another like a bad taste in the back of everybody's throat because mm -hmm. of the situation the team was in. And you had a chance to right the ship and say, hey, you know what? Steve Wilkes is going to be the guy Just let it roll. And you have the like you said, players are already there. Coaches are already there. Everything's been normal for already a half a season. Now you got the whole offseason to grow together and then draft picks and free agency to do that. And they have the talent there, as you mentioned already.
Yeah, so it's, it's an opportunity missed. It's an opportunity missed for the uh, Carolina organization as a whole. Yeah, I. And the thing is, the thing is, you don't know how the next guy's going to go. He obviously interviews well. Like for, he's an ex-player. Like there's the. Yeah. This, I, I really don't want this to come off as, and it's not his fault. Is the other thing. Correct. It's it's and you see he's a quarterbacks guy, and they Sam they have Sam Darnold. Maybe they get a new guy. Like they're looking. Like I can I can put the I can connect the dots, but it's just there's just so many questions. For example. Your quarterbacks coach, Sean Ryan, are you going to get a new one? Ben McAdoo's your offensive coordinator. You know, Steve. If you're, I'm talking to Steve Wilkes now, right? Right, right. Like, are are you are you willing to depart? Like, really? You probably have two guys on offense that are going to remain on your staff. Are you willing mm-hmm. to get rid of everybody else? Maybe three. Yeah. At the, at the key positions, you know. So, the, like, we weren't part of those. It's just I, that hits weird. So here's the other one that hits weird, but it kind of makes sense. Nathaniel Hackett gets yeah. fired, arguably. I don't know. Is he is he the least is is he the most unsuccessful first time head coach in the last two decades? I mean, I can't remember a guy getting fired. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is like a generally bad yeah. human. Yeah. But like as far as like just performance, this was really bad, and I yeah. think a lot of it was Russell Wilson. Like I don't think Nathaniel Hackett forgot how to coach football. I think that Russell Wilson was just awful this year. Yeah. But he goes to the Jets. He gets the offensive coordinator job for the Jets. There's obviously a link to, to Aaron now because Aaron's mm-hmm. there's talk that Aaron might go to the Jets. Now Hackett's there. Right. That owner has said flat out, I'll give up multiple draft picks for Aaron Rodgers. Who wouldn't? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess who, well, it. you know, I, do you give up multiple? Okay, so here's the question. Right. Do you think, do you really think that Aaron Rodgers thrives in New York City in that media market? Oh, that and from that standpoint, oh, he'll get destroyed. Like the media, that it would media be tough, there, right? Yeah, it'll be tough for him. It's not the Green Bay media. It's not the Midwest media. This is East Coast, cutthroat. They, they, they make people from Wall Street jump, jump off buildings. Okay, <laughs> from back in the day. So it's just that's gonna it's gonna be a way tough market. He can't pull and say some of the things that he has said in previous interviews. Being in the Midwest, being a Packer, it's gonna be a different uh, battlefield out there. Yeah, I'm going back and forth with media because those guys and ladies are they're ruthless. We're not saying that. Well, I mean, I think Eric can handle it, but it is it's yeah. definitely it's like it, you're swimming with the sharks there. Yeah, it's going to be a little different. That's all I'm saying. Today. Yeah, I, I agree. I, so so little, I think the natural bridge that you cross here is that Nathaniel Hackett said it was implied, I think, to a lot of people in the country, NFL insiders, media guys, guys like you and me. It yep. was implied that when Nathaniel Hackett got the job in Denver, that Aaron was probably going to Denver. Yeah. Okay? So we don't really know that then, you know. So we didn't know. So then Russell Wilson shows up, but now he gets the job in a place where they've already identified as a place where Aaron Rodgers could could land. They yep. have draft capital to spare, and you go, okay. So now has he gotten a second job with the idea that Aaron might show up? And- I would say part of that, yes, a hundred percent part of that. Um, and then the other part would be obviously, uh, hopefully, he's just he's experienced. He 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 does have some coaching years other than last year. Last year, right now, is still you know considered an anomaly. We'll see. You know, we if it's something that is going to be the same thing happened in Jets in New York, then we'll know. Wait a minute, it's a this is a problem now, not just a one year blip yeah. of having a bad year of coaching because everybody has one or maybe two bad years. But consecutive years, then that draws the question like, wait a minute now, you're missing something here. You got to go back and find something in your coaching development or how you prepare yourself to be a coach, to coach players, to coach a scheme and get those players ready to play in that scheme 
something's missing. So if it's two consecutive years with another different team with that has amazing talent in New York in terms of the offensive weapons they have. Once Reese Paul comes back from his ACL, um, you have the uh, one receiver I was at Tennessee, but it came in from Tennessee to the Jets. So you got talent. Davis, that's what mm -hmm. Corey Davis. Mm -hmm. You got talent. You got players, offense, line, guys, and you got, you got a defense too. Yep. You got a defense. So if you go there and somehow fumble the ball there, then then it's an issue. But if something he could take that talent along with the leadership of Robert Sala, as we know, as a great coach in terms of leadership and motivation and a defensive minded coach. You handle the offense, I handle the defense, then boom. You know, I could see that where it could be a fit and marry very well. Yeah, it's important to remember that he's not going to be the head coach here. He is going to be the offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, is that, it, you know, are you bringing it? I always, every time, and listen, he had success outside Aaron Rodgers. Like he was down in Carolina to Blake Bortles. Correct. He was part of that, yeah. you know, so so it's, it's like, like Daniel Hackett can coach football, okay? that's not, I don't think that's what we're saying. Um, but if, if, if the implication is that they might get Aaron because otherwise they have Mike White and Mike White and Zach Wilson and Mike White showed out a little bit but like yeah, Zach he's, he's Wilson last cause of this place like I don't you, you don't know what they're thinking if you if you said if you told anybody on the street hey, we're bringing in Aaron they go okay I just don't understand this part and you explain this to me okay what makes sense about trading Aaron Rodgers if you're Matt Lafleur or or Goody what I, I I still don't understand what makes unless he comes to you and says I'm not playing for this team anymore I'll just retire and you'd have to get draft capital. I don't understand what else make I, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. No, that's the only part that makes sense. If he says that, <laughs> that's it. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out what and why would it make sense to do that. And <clears throat> other than him wanting out and saying, "Hey, I want to go free agency," or "I just want I'm gonna retire," then yeah. But outside of that, there's no rhyme or reason. The same like I just mentioned with uh, Nathaniel Hackett being a head coach. Aaron had a bad year. You know, he, everybody is accounted that, especially a guy of his stature, his performance through his years on that football field, one year is not going to make his career, you know? So that's right now is you, you're looking towards uh, the draft. You're working out your draft picks right now and get ready for free agency with what capital you have to get out there, you know, a, a late, a second week, third week uh, free agent coming in from somewhere in a position that you need help in, you know, maybe somewhere on offensive line or somewhere on defense or maybe a wide, another wide receiver just to have some inventory. Is Matt LaFleur on the hot seat? My opinion, a little bit. You've been you've been here three years. Four. You've been two years to the NFC Championship game, and now another a year where it just like the wheels fell off, literally. But you finished strong, so it's a little warm. I say it's warm. Mm -hmm. It's not scolding, but it's warm. You know, because of this year. I say the way the year ended, it would have been it would have been hot. But if it since the way the year ended, where it was players playing. Like, it, like they had the pride, like they had the coaching, like they had the discipline. Got like Nixon, you know, special teams doing his job. Um, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones doing their job. They were consistently there all year. So their coach, uh, Sermons, great job. So you have the players, you have some of the coaches that understand what needs to get done. Um, and they figured it out come to a little bit too late, a little bit too late, but it still was a good end to the season. So I say it's warm, not lukewarm, but warm. The fact that he doesn't, the fact that he says there's there's not going to be any changes on his coaching staff. Uh, you know, a lot of people are still kind of scratching their head with Joe Barry. Yeah. And I don't know if that's deserved or not. I mean, listen, you you can review and not say that. You know, you can you can retain coaches. Coaches learn just like everybody else. So you can retain right. coaches, and he can have a better year next year. His track record suggest his track record suggests that he won't. 
Matt LaFleur's track record suggests so far that the same issues will arise next year. Now, he says he's going to do a top to bottom, clean, you know, really detailed um, uh, uh, overhaul evaluation. Of, of evaluation of everything right. that they've done on film. And but but then you say that and literally in the, in the same press conference, you say everybody's job safe. So like for me, right. that here's where he, here's where Matt LaFleur's job gets the hot seat gets hot and goody. If they trade Aaron Rodgers, oh yes, and they're thinking in their mind, I get. Here's what they're thinking: yes. If we trade Aaron Rodgers, we get a hit reset because now everybody knows that the expectations change because we don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. I say, and I could be wrong because I know that'll be the narrative on half the half the country will say, "Well, they don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore." The other half of the country is going to go, "Yeah, they got rid of him," right? And that's my yeah. my half is you have a window that if you went all in a la Sean McVay with the LA Rams if you went all in this year and said we are going to pick up the pieces that we need to be successful we're going to pick up a, a five-tool tight end we're going to pick up a sec a second out, uh, outside linebacker we're going to pick up a hard-hitting safety right we're, we're going to add these people we're going to add development into our schedule so we're mm-hmm. a little bit better from a from a technical standpoint we're going to do all this stuff, take all our resources, trade our draft capital. We're going to go whole hog, Ogden, all in. Next two years, two years, two-year winner for Aaron Rodgers. That's how I think he's actually safe. And yeah. then just say, you know what? After that, we got our Super Bowl. Cheers my ring. That ring gives me three, three free years. But right <laughs> now, you're looking at you have four years. The last one was a losing season. And now you might not have your quarterback. And people, like, you expect that you're going to get some kind of leeway. Like, I, for me, I don't see it. I just don't see it, though. I think that doesn't make that makes less than zero sense to me. Like I would never, yeah. if I was a coach and a competitor, I'd be like, dude, let's just go for it right now. Like Goody, yeah, Goody, we have the young players. If you believe, again, if you believe you can develop talent, this shouldn't even be a, a conversation. Correct. And that is the number one thing. So back to, you know, to the coaching thing, making sure you sit down with these coaches in one breath, like you said, you're evaluating everybody hardly, but then the next breath you're saying everybody's job safe then that contradicting yourself right there. So you have to do the first. You have to evaluate every coach. How did you, you know, look at how they develop players, how they coach the players up at every position and say to yourself and say to that coach face-to-face, did your position, let's rank your position from all the positions out here on the football field. How did they do? You know, if it's a defensive player, tackling, let's do fundamentals, Mm -hmm. tackling, Mm -hmm. play recognition and formation recognition. Let's see how they react. You know, linebackers, D-line, you know, safeties or, or DVs, excuse me. You know, how these players, running backs, why you go through that, every position coach and do that? Because obviously that as a coach, I would want that because it's like, OK, I'm, you're holding me to account, accountable for making my plays better, better, my players better every year, no matter the circumstance, no matter if I got a guy, you know, a, you know, somebody's out for a year and then I got to deal with guys from practice squad now. But I make those players better. You know, regardless of that, what where they're at in the in the um the lineup, so it's just you got to do that. I, I when I was here at the University of Nebraska, Tom Osborne, he did that every single year, regardless of our season. We had great seasons, but you got to think about it. We had those great seasons. Why? Because he even had coaches, the offensive coordinator, um, uh, tra- defensive coordinator Charlie McBride, who is a tough but fair guy. He would evaluate Coach Tom Osborne. And, and and tell him where he messed up, where he, his strengths were, where his weaknesses were to get better for the previous year. So when you have a coach like Tom to say, now you can pick at me too. I'm not just going to pick at you either. I'm going to make sure this is fair. That is reason why that 
at that time for us, college football, we play games and we were number one because those coaches, those coaches held each other accountable. Yeah. And then it, for every position that we played, we were coached hard, played hard. And that was the one reason why, because the coaches did it first. And we yeah, know we, leadership goes downhill. We, I have a, uh, I, I teach a, a perpetual supremacy coaching masterclass. And one of the things we go through is coach, like coach development is an entire day. Right. Because yeah. I think it's I think it's the most underutilized kind of weapon that these guys have in their tool belt. And part of that is I and I, I know that every I know that staffs meet, obviously, afterwards, and they do evals and they do self scouting and they do. All, but if you're not meeting directly, you know, if you're head coach and you're not meeting directly with each guy mm-hmm. and you're doing an assessment for them and you're making them self assess and you're making them create clips and you're making them show how, for example, here's a technique that I taught. Here's how we implemented it in, in the classroom. Here's how we implemented it in practice. And here's how it manifested on game day. Like right. if you're not having your guys like create those clips and create that data and create that information set, you're doing them a, a, a real disservice. Yes. And that happens at the high school level, but we see it happens at the NFL level too. Just It's probably just as blatant. And it's, it's just a lack of yeah. it's awareness, I think, because you're worried about so many other things. So yep. let's, let's hope that they're, from the Packers standpoint, who knows what Aaron's going to do. I don't know if we even care, but if they decide to trade him right now, like hit that button, that red button's going off, man. You got, you have, you have one year, maybe a year and a half to turn this thing around. Otherwise Minnesota wins this uh, division next year again, or or Detroit comes up and people are going to be looking for new jobs guaranteed, but yeah. It's also the coin between Detroit and uh, Minnesota. Let's hit this championship weekend preview, man. So last weekend, um, yeah. We, we had some great games. It lines up for the Eagles are two and a half favorites in San Francisco. And then we got a pick em game now between Cincinnati or uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City. Pick them, mm-hmm. pick them, meaning that uh, Patrick Mahomes had put them as the three point favorite. Then they went to a one and a half point underdog. And now because he's practicing today and yesterday, now it's just a pick em game. I think they're both pick em games. But Amon, going right. into a, a big game weekend now this could be the championship weekend if you will remember back from like your college football play or your college football days what are players thinking about primarily going into a game of this magnitude oh man it should be real easy go out there and just play football go with the game plan the head coach the oc plans out and make sure you know your your position from the top to the bottom and by now you should because it's the 20th game or the 20th week of the regular season um, so all that should just be more like fine tuning that information, getting well rested, um, dealing with if you got stuff going on, you know, emotion, you know, I say personally, you got to put that to the side for a second and, and then focus on this game. And so where you go into this game where you kind of let it go because you already know what you got to do fundamentally, the basics to then plan the, the game that you can play. I say the reason why I was able to do a lot of what I did is when I went into a game, so even starting as a young kid playing in championship games, I played in Little League baseball championship games. I played in Little League football championship games. And my mindset was always wide open. I'm going to react to whatever's in front of me, good or bad. And I'm going to do my job and I'm going to have a little fun doing it because this is a job that I love to do is football. Do that. And so my mindset was always that I never thought about I was I just lived in the moment and make sure I knew my job in that moment. Not look at, oh man, if I do this, you know, we lose this game and did it. No, I wasn't thinking about none of that, win or lose. I'm thinking about that. Every play is a different moment that I got to succeed in and let's go out there and win and do that. And now, that so that was, that's one player. And that was my, that me as a player. But other, you got other players sometimes, their brain just kind of, 
it goes, you know, they don't, they're, they're like thinking too far ahead. And then, you know, that's where they lead to the mistakes and them not leaving up to the moment, not leaving up to the challenge of the championship game. So you got a couple of those players in those situations, thinking those type of mindsets, but you want obviously majority of the mindset of guys living in that moment, but they had, they're doing their job to a hundred percent. Yeah. Staying present is the most important thing you can do certainly and having that confidence to be able to stay present in that moment. Yeah. Um, as the games get bigger, obviously, you know, nothing changes about football and everybody thinks here's the, like one of the biggest misnomers we talked about this before is, is, is people are going to be more intense and in like the NFC championship than they were like the first round of the playoffs. So like, right. like that's just, that could that if you're a good player, that's not true. No. And if you're a good player playing against a bad player who's suddenly playing a little bit harder, like it really doesn't matter to you. So like all no. of that stuff, I always, I always just kind of thought, man, that doesn't make any sense. Um, maybe guys yeah. are trying to protect themselves in, in the preseason, but when you get to this kind of type of the season, everyone's playing hard. Yeah. I think, you know, your preparation, you just have to, in these situations as an athlete, you have to fall back on what got you there. So your like your routines couldn't, it, nothing could be more important right now than you sticking to the same routine that you had, because there's going to be more media obligations. There's going to be more family obligations. There's going to be ticket obligations, all yeah. these things. So it's like, can and you more rest? You sometimes in this situation, you got more time on your hands in the rest department too. You got a little bit of everything going on that accustomed to the regular season you didn't have. And so that's another aspect you could add in there too. Yeah. And, and so all of this stuff, you, are you able to compartmentalize the things that are like, we just call, you know, external, uh, detractors yeah are you able to compartmentalize those move them away and just stay focused on what you're you know just make sure hey if this is the way that i like i need to walk up my practice field on saturday feeling like i've done everything possible to put myself in a situation to be successful mm -hmm. have i ticked all those boxes that i always tick if the answer is yes you're going to go out there and play free play in the moment play present if the answer is no then you're scrambling like oh man i'm so stressed out on the meal on saturday night everyone's like hey right. G, what's I'm wrong right. it's like well, you know, my aunt came in with 25 tickets to your request and I had to, you know, I had to meet him in the lobby and they want, they want to take photos and they brought their neighbors, you know, I mean, we've seen this stuff yes. happen. It's like, it, that, it, that it's that is ridiculous. Real. So I hope guys are just out there enjoying the moment, living in the moment. And you, these guys are so much more media aware and savvy and brand aware that I think a lot of this stuff, they just take it as commonplace anyways, True. but, but you know, Gotta be careful. Making sure, yeah, make it, yeah, you gotta be careful. Making sure your your routines are are um, on point. So let's go with this, man. Let's talk about the NFC Championship first. So, yeah. Eagles 49ers. Look, I've been I've been just riding the 49ers for the last couple of weeks. I just love. I did a, a whole breakdown on them last week, and and we talked about them at the beginning of the, uh, the 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 review show from last weekend. Their offense and the way that they use Kittle and use Check, the way they use Ayuk and and, and Debo and obviously CMC. Uh, the way that they can, they, they kind of weaponize Trent Williams in a way that like, you know, all the rest of their offensive line is just kind of average, but Trent Williams right. is so unique in things that he's able to do. Having said all that, right. They do have Brock Purdy. He's been playing well. He's a third round. He's a, he's a, he's a third stringer. He's the last pick in the draft in 2022. If you look at the Philadelphia Eagles offensively, defensively, they're to me as, as, as great as San Francisco's defense is, if I look at this team top to bottom, like the Philadelphia Eagles are a better football team. And, yeah. they're, a better, and they're a better football team for a number of reasons, particularly on offense. But like, what do you see from a, from an Eagle side offensively that they're just doing better than everybody else? Um, I'll say right now it's between their defense consistently playing. They've been there the whole year. They've had, you know, what they've lost, what, three times? So 
those three times was more catered to just maybe a play here or there, just one or two plays that made a difference in those games. Mm -hmm. And then offensively, between Jalen, doesn't matter if he's healthy or not. He's his legs are still working. Because you saw last week how he well, was. He is, he's healthy, too. His shoulder's fine. He threw that's what I'm Regardless yeah. of the people, like I said, but people still talking about it, you know. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the shoulder, his legs work fine. And then, with, I mean, even with the shoulder, you know, some he had a deep, deep pass in the first quarter of last week's game. Mm -hmm. I think it's Devontae Smith on the money. Mm -hmm. So he was probably just protecting it just for a little bit of insurance. This is not the game to get. If I, if I can avoid a hit, don't get hit in this game, if anything. Save it for NFC, save it for Super Bowl games where I want to get physical if I, if I want to fight for the extra yard. And then you have Boston Scott and you have the other kid, uh, Gainwell, in the backfield. And you got a nice little trio. There's one more there's one more back. It's a trio of backs that get the ball downfield. That offensive line. Right, Miles Kelsey. Sanders, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Miles Sanders. That led, that led by Kelsey, they make it an issue when the run game – and they're – they're savvy, they're smart, and they're aggressive like linemen should be. They are smart. They, they, you could tell they already know where they want to go with the ball. And so pre-snap, you know, run or pass, it, it, they would create issues because of the leverage. And then A.J. Brown is basically a running back <laughs> being a, with, with wide receiver talent and speed and want to. You know, he's a guy that's built. He's probably like 220, you see easy 6'2", six six and – for him to jump up for a ball and then at yards after contact, all that stuff. So those players, great job of them bringing AJ from Tennessee in the offseason going in, and then Jalen Soriani getting together in training camp and coaching him and the, whoever their quarterback coaches, getting him ready to play and lead this team. Brian Johnson. We, right. We heard every, all through the offseason is, you know, just Jalen Hurts. He's a, he's a, he's still young. We don't know about him. This is going to be the end of the Philly, or this is going. If anybody's going to be the bad point, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. It was that was the kind of the offseason uh, talk conversation about Jalen Hurts. And now we're looking at him, and uh, outside of myself, I know myself for sure. It was like, wait a minute, wait till the season. We don't know what this kid's going to do. We we saw what he did at Alabama. We saw what he did at Oklahoma. He's a gamer. He plays. He can adjust. And so, and we saw that. We saw that same type of athlete come out in a Philly uniform this season for them. So those have been the factors. I'll say that's why they're different than some, a lot of NFT, NSF team, NFC teams, and them having themselves in the NFC championship game right now. They have the best offensive line of football. They have two all first team, all pros. Every one of them could have been a pro bowler. Mm -hmm. um, Dallas Goddard is a, a pro bowl caliber tight end. He's probably the best athlete on the team. Nice. They have Devonte Smith, uh, AJ Brown, like you mentioned, Jalen Hurts is playing at, at a really, really high clip. He, you know, he's probably one and one A for MVP if he doesn't get hurt with Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Yep. Um, they threaten leverage on defenses and they put people in positions that uh, other teams just aren't, I mean, really just aren't capable of doing uh, because they're playing true 11 on 11 football. Yeah. And, and, and well, I'll show you a couple of clips here, man. Like even just from last game, it, it really is. It doesn't – as offensive line and running back, you and I will look at this and go, man, that's, it's really not even fair. So I have, yeah. I have some defensive stuff first. And, and one of the big matchups this game is going to be Linville Joseph, Fletcher Cox, and Dominican Sue, and uh, Javon Hargraves against the interior of the San Francisco 49ers line. Yeah, because, they're going to get tested. Because Trent Williams is great. 
McGlinchkey is better than Evan Neal on this tape, but Hassan Reddick is better than McGlinchkey, and it's not even close. And, and Hassan Reddick's on 16 sacks right now going into last week, I think. So I don't know. I can't remember what he got last week. But mm-hmm. going into last week's game, this team had 70 sacks. Okay? Yeah, 70 sacks. They had five guys with double-digit sacks. Four guys with double-digit sacks, excuse me. So Impressive. they're just they're just creating issues. Now, I what I try to do, with G, AG, is try to find plays – where the Giants were utilizing the running backs, pre-snap motions, all this kind of different stuff to see where the the final the 49ers might have some matchup, you know, really advantageous matchup problem right. or uh, you know plays against the Eagles. So you see they take the, like they take their running back in motion just like la CMC. You get that chase, you get that chasing linebacker, so now you're going to get a quick dig route underneath and these are plays where they can that can have an effect in a game against the Philadelphia Eagles. There's another play here. They do the, the world route. They do this with Debo Samuel all the time. So they're going to get, they're going to really stretch the width of the field. So you look at two corners going out to the width of the field. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy manned up and that leaves really the tight end, George Kittle, one-on-one with the safety. And he's got an in cut here. And these are plays that can be made and Brock Purdy can make these plays. Yeah. But like this game, because of these guys up front, the 70 sack club, it just got to the point where they just couldn't run what they wanted to run. I mean, the game got out of hand. It was, I think it was like 37 to 7 or yeah, something. 30, yeah, 38 to 7. 38 yeah, to 7. Yeah, so, so, but you like this Hassan Reddick and, and Andrew Thomas got second team all pro. <clears throat> but Josh Sweat puts him right on the quarterback's lap right here. And both of, I mean, Anybody they bring in, they have two waves of defensive ends and two waves of defensive tackles that can all rush the passer. Brandon Graham is a backup on this team now with 11 sacks during the year. Yeah, and he's the veteran. Yeah, you're just going like, Brandon Graham's a baller. Yeah, and he's a baller. He's he's second? He's in second rotation? Well, it's because Hassan Reddick's first. I mean, Hassan Hassan Reddick ended the season with 16 Look at this guy. I mean, Evan Neal... I felt bad for this kid. He he got worked over. There's Brandon Graham goes around Evan in a T in a in a, a TTE game. Yeah. Hassan Reddick gets in the middle. I mean, it's just this whole thing was a car crash after the first quarter. You know. It didn't just seem like the Giants had a chance to even breathe defensively or offensively. No, they really didn't, man. And you look at like this is something I'm just so nitpicky, but I hate seeing this. So this, you know, the, the wide receiver. Oh yeah, wide receiver blocking somebody he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be blocking. Yeah, his, no, his feet are wrong. Josh Sweat's that like, look, Josh Sweat's looking at him like, you literally can't switch your feet in time for this to work. Like you literally, <laughs> this is not going to work out the way you want. Give me one sec, AG. Oh, that's what's happening. Oh. I had a, I have a malfunction with my battery. In action. All right. But you see this, his, his inside foot's up. So Josh Sweat's like, dude, you don't even exist. Right? And this is <laughs> yeah. the kind of stuff, like, this is a little detail. little detail ended up in a tackle for loss, you know, um, because these guys are going to attack. Now, I, I scouted these guys for a couple different players during the year, and there's not a lot of drop-off from their first, mm-hmm. their first D-line to their second D-line. And that's I think that's really going to be the problem with the San Francisco 49ers because – at the end of the day, once you get rattled, and Brock Purdy, we don't know what he's going to look like, right, in the in the NFC Championship game. He's right. played really well. But this is Daniel Jones' first-round draft pick. He's going to probably command a big contract, had a great year. 
there are people wide open on the field right here. Like it's e- and right. it's easy in retrospect for us to look at it, right? But Correct. when you have pressure and, when, and all of a sudden you start getting heated up, man, it's like you. This is two and a half seconds. Throw the ball. Yeah. You're open. Yeah. You got guys open, and all of a sudden things just don't look like they should, and you're freaking out. No, he must have been looking deep. Didn't see the underneath routes. Touchdown to check down. Check down to touchdown. That's it. But this this is what this is what happens when you're getting constantly pressured. When you're down, the game right. goes a certain way. And these guys, I'm just you, it's hard. I mean, listen, I we've talked about it before. The the number seventy as far as sacks in a season, that just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem realistic. To yeah, me. it's I think it was a record or it's behind a record. I think it's five sacks short of the eighty five Bears. Something that's, like that. That's I mean, it's just a, it's atrocious. So <laughs> so this is when we talk about eleven on eleven football. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a is a bona fide running back, like a yeah. bona fide running back. He he can do it all. So the the Giants, if you don't take your rush lane seriously, like if if you're the defensive end and you decide to walk inside here, this is a free five every yeah. time with his eyes downfield. By the way, you know, and this is something that you're just not going to get when you play other teams. This guy's a 600-pound squatter. You, yeah. you know what I mean? He's a 600-pound yeah. squatter with a cannon arm, and he's patient, and he's smart. And as soon as he sees that, like, no. I guess people don't appreciate because of the offense they run. Like, he might not be oh, Lamar yeah, Jackson, yeah. but nobody's Lamar Jackson. But no, this guy can no, just get it. Have, yeah, he doesn't have to be. It ain't him. You look at, you look at this defense, man, and, and, like, theoretically, you see, okay, well, the safety's got to pick up the quarterback here from 15 yards deep. But it's like <laughs> – it's like you're giving because it's six in the box all the time. Like you're just giving up yards all the time, man. Yeah, I just don't know. Do yeah. So Can't this is this is what we talk about in this game. I got three clips in a row. This is the same clip here. So the difference between the Philadelphia Eagles and everybody else is that right now this is a six man box, and you're playing seven on six, five down linemen, running back, and quarterback is a viable weapon, mm-hmm. right? This is. Oh, everybody can look at this and go, okay, this is Kaepernick back in the day. Okay. So that's seven on six, and there's the safety's got to make the play, which is, I, mean, I guess if you're a defensive coordinator, that's what you have to do. Now, yeah. this is eight on six. They haven't brought anybody in, man. No. Now you got more people and bigger bodies to block downfield, get more yardage. And this, you, I can't even believe this. This is nine on six. This is a nine on six box. Real. That's practice. When, <laughs> when we play nine on seven, it's right, like ah, nine on seven. This is nine on six. Yeah. This, the, nobody in the history of football has even made a drill like this because nah. it's so absurd. But this is what the Giants tried to do against the Philadelphia Eagles with, nah. with the outcome that you would, you would expect if you said, hey, I got nine guys, you have six, who's going to win? <laughs> Right. No, you it's know? not. It's not going. You're not winning. You're not winning. And they, they so they, they go into and they love running 12 personnel. So they go into the they bring guys into the box. They get your two wide receivers who are ultra, ultra talented, as you spoke on. And you got a, you got a linebacker, number 44, peeping out, looking in the backfield. And so mm-hmm. they just run the quick swing. A.J. Brown up front, uh, who's, you know, like you said, 227 pounds blocking for one of the fastest dudes in the league. Yeah. I just don't know what you do and and oh by the way Devontae smith's not afraid to crack black crack crack block excuse me pull the tight end out on the corner 
first down, you know, on a third down play. Like this stuff's yeah. like taking candy from a baby, man. So as good as the San Francisco 49ers defense is, and they're number one in the league for a reason, the Philadelphia Eagles have only been held under 20 points once this year by the Indianapolis Colts. Arguably, the, I mean, obviously the worst game of the year. They lost to a terrible team. Jeff right. Saturday's debut, right? And so, oh. I, I don't know, from, from my perspective, man, I look at it and go, well, do you think this game, do you think the, the San Francisco 49ers are capable of scoring with, with what you saw the last two weeks? Are they capable of scoring 28 points? if that's what it takes to beat the Eagles? Because I think the Eagles are going to score in the mid-20s at least, aren't they? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be tough. Yeah, I say to get 14 points is going to be tough. 28, you're, that means defense. I say defense makes some big plays, maybe a pick six here or there. They force Purdy into that. But outside of that, no, it would be it's going to be a grinder. Like San Francisco had last week, what was it, 19 to 12? 19-12, yeah. It's going to be another grinder, um, but it could be grinder or it could be somebody blows the top off of one of the one of the two. Either Philly gets hot, you know, they got the scheme right, they got the players making the plays, or, or San Francisco does the same thing. So you got those two or three scenarios. You got those three scenarios right there. Um, but potentially odds, that's why the even, that's why it's even um, in terms of the odds, in terms of the betting sake of it, because they look at the stats, they look at the teams, they look at the players and the way they're playing right now, you know, Purdy. Seven and zero, Jalen Hurts, same same situation. You know, six and one or seven and zero, something like that. And defenses, offenses are playing hard football. I say the only difference between these defenses, I would say, the way that Phillies won, they could kind of let off the gas a little bit defensively. They well, just they're, they're not nearly as good in the run game. So they're not nearly as good. 49ers, that's the only edge. 49ers, they will yeah. smack you, hit you hard, and pretty much bludgeon you out of running the ball and then now we're going to get you your quarterback i would rather play the san francisco excuse me i would rather play as an offensive lineman i would rather play the eagles defense i play them all and they're very very good yeah but the san francisco 49ers play a different style of football brutality greenlaw bosa eric armstead like those guys are they're mean they're just like mean people on the field right yeah those guys are coming down hitting hard being physical. Funga, that guy can bring it. Like it's yep. little Paul, baby Paul Amalu, man. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. You know, but that is another reflection of their who's that who look at their DC. He was a rookie defensive rookie of the year linebacker. Yeah, first round draft pick to the Houston Texans in 2006 or 2005. Mm-hmm. So it's another photocopy, same like Sala out in New York. There's that a there's a guy, there's a guy. How, so so that guy's obviously he's up for the Texans job too. Yep, he is. But if I'm Carolina, like if you're Carolina. Oh, we'll go back to it, but like, you, like really, yeah, it's a great, it's a, it's a good conversation to have. Man. Yeah. All right, so I, 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 I queued up some stuff from the Bengals because the Chiefs. I think the big thing with the Chiefs and the Bengals, and this is the Pickham game. It's in Kansas City. Yeah. It would, it would put the, it would put Joe Burrow and the Bengals four and zero against Patrick Mahomes. It would basically, yeah. it would basically put Joe Burrow as the definitive top dog in the NFL. Hundred percent, right? Regardless, regardless of whether they win the Super Bowl or not, if he beats Patrick Mahomes four out of four times, he is definitely the top dog in the National Football League. For me, he's the best quarterback in the National Football League right now. I'm not going to say he's the best player because now we can start getting into semantics with Patrick Mahomes. But he is the right. best pre-snap quarterback, post-snap identification of of what's going on, like pocket quarterback in the National Football League. He's got a dude that looks like you know. I was talking to a Carolina guy last night. 
And Jamar Chase is, you know what he really is? He's Steve Smith 2.0. He's got the exact same build. He's just bigger. But he's got these ridiculously thick legs. He can yep. run through anything. He can jump out of the gym. He yep. body positions as good as anybody else. He's explosive. He's got great hands. Like, that's, I mean, you want to look at a compare. I don't know if he's as fiery as, as Steve. Yeah, but, I don't think he is. He looks a little bit more timid than. Uh, but this this dude is all, he's ridiculous talent. And, and, and like, would you look at the Bills last week? And the Bills are supposed to win the Super Bowl, right? Right. The we, Bills we, look. We were talking that, that. Everybody was talking that. Bills, Super Bowl, easy. Bills, Super Bowl, done. That's in the bag. Things the, change. That's why we play the game. The the know? Bills looked scared. And I feel like for me, when I look at this game, I look at – I think both offenses are great. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play fine. And, I like, the way that Patrick Mahomes, like, can find Kelsey from, like – on the line of scrimmage, just give him the ball, let him fall forward for seven, or like get him at the two yard line, you know, get two yards off the ball. Like the right. little ways they get him open are just <laughs> like most people wouldn't even put that in their playbook. And they're like, no, dude, that's like our offense right now. Yeah. You know, and, and they can just keep doing it. I don't think either defense is coming in. And like Chris Jones is an all pro, and they've got, I mean, Hendrickson and, and Hubbard yeah, and DJ Reader, like they're, they're all great. I don't think either defense is necessarily stopping these teams, but if I had to choose a defense to stop one team more than the other, I am taking Kansas. I'm taking uh, the the Bengals defense. That defensive line, right led now. by Hubbard, yeah. led by Hendrickson, yeah. led by DJ Reader, Logan Wilson, Von Bell's been a stud. They tackle extremely well. I get. I take them over the Chiefs trying to stop Joe Burrow. With this caveat, in the last game, and we'll show a couple of these tape uh, clips. Ag mm-hmm. the. The Buffalo Bills early in the game on third downs had opportunities to make plays and they didn't make them. I think Patrick Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes can make those plays or if Pacheco or one of these guys can start running through the tackles that are getting tackled on, it's a this could be a high this could actually be a pretty high scoring game. You mm-hmm. remember last year it was like it was like a it was the Chiefs big, then it was a complete cluster and then the and then they came back and it looked like Mahomes kind of blew the game at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to make a play. The defense, the coverage, figured him out, forced him into uh, fell into I think to his right and mm-hmm. throwing it into traffic. And traffic was a pick six or a pick to end the game, pretty much for for the Bengals. So I, I think this third down stuff is going to be super important. So I just put a handful of these on here. You know, they they did convert on a couple, but you look at you know throughout the game, you have opportunities to find digs. First one here on kind of a hitch and go, and you look like dude's open. Right. It's not like Josh Allen can make this throw and the bills are different than the bills without Dayball this year kind of look like um, at some point during the game or maybe even every series, whether it was like second and long, third down, whatever, like we're going to let Josh Allen do Josh Allen things and make up for problems. Right. And and if, if it doesn't work out that way, that's what I like about Andy Reid. That's what you like about San Francisco and Philadelphia. This is actually like. The Bengals might are probably the least user friendly offense left in the in, in the playoffs, right? Like mm-hmm. that 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 offense is just predicated on Joe Burrow being able to process information better than anybody else on the planet, and he happens to do it. But this stuff is like when I, you talk about the Chiefs, when you talk about uh, the Niners and the Eagles, like they're all really user friendly. Like you and I could walk in on day one and just play in any of those offenses. It's not hard to figure out, right? Yeah, no, it's not. Not at all. So you see there, like, there's an opportunity miss. And, you know, Diggs is like, come on, man, throw, throw me the ball. Well, like, why are you throwing the ball poorly? Well, Deion Dawkins, who's, who's been a, a great player, 
um, or not Dion, excuse me, that uh, Saffold gets yeah, beat. Yeah. yeah, Roger Saffold gets beat, and you know feet are not in the right position. And this is you know tail all the time. And your technique's bad. You're gonna have you're gonna have ball sail on you. Got another situation here. Another third down. And he's got like this is if you're Josh Allen, this is the, if you're Joe Burrow, and that's Jamar Chase. Twenty out of twenty times that ball's going in the air. Yeah, that thing, ball could be gone. The thing about the thing, the difference is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are connecting, right? Yeah, and, sure. and is Patrick Mahomes about as scanty and one of these guys? Is, are they connecting? I don't know. That's the question of the day, right? But there's just a lot of this stuff where, and credit to Lou Anarumo, man. I was, I you know, I was down with him in in Miami. He was the DBs coach, and that was the the group that I had to like work with for tackling because the tackling was so poor. They're number one tackling team in the in the league right now. Nice, you know, and yeah. and it just makes it, it it it's made all the difference in the world for this football team. Fundamental. Now this Fundamental. is the question, right? Can they get home? And can if if they get home, can Patrick Mahomes do this? Can he run if they need right. the, if it's third and three and they call his number? Can he get out of traffic? Like, I don't know. That was a weapon that they that yeah. Josh Allen could use, but I don't know about these guys. I don't know about this week. And they did well against a healthy guy, you know, a healthy Pro Bowl quarterback. So you got another one coming in, and he's beat up. So it might be a little bit uh, easier for them to get that pressure. And even if they for they probably want to force him to the run and be like, "Cause I would, hey, let's sit, let's test that foot. Let's let's test that ankle. See how he gets to the edge, and do try to do Pat Mahomes things. Let's see if he could. He will do that. Let's push him into there and just to see how he's going to play. He's a legit pocket quarterback. Like Patrick Mahomes does the magic stuff, is what makes him the best quote unquote the best player in the in the league. Yeah. Right. But he it's not like it's not like if you said, all right, dude, you can't play anywhere but inside the pocket this week. It's not like he still wouldn't be oh, a he's top, a be top three guy. or four quarterback in the league. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Or maybe top guy. two. He, you know, he's yeah. he's still that guy. It's just that is I, that's the part of his game I think that we all kind of jaw drop a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like uh speaking on Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. I know we're gonna talk about him in a minute, but mm-hmm. He's at a time. He's coming in at a time where we know Tom Brady's stepping out of the game. So he'll be that because you know how the NFL, how leagues sometimes want to stay alive. They have certain players that put fans in the stands, mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow is going to be that guy. Like Michael Jordan was that guy for the NBA. Kobe Bryant was that guy for the NBA. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson back in the '80s were that mm-hmm. player. Now you got another guy that's going to replace Tom Brady if Tom steps away and gets to the goes to the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got that young up and coming quarterback that really has the top of gameplay that then can change the franchise or that already has changed the franchise. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it, and it, what's interesting about that is it, it seems like the narrative that they were trying to push right as of last week, literally was chiefs bills because of last year's yeah. game. Yeah. They, they really were trying to push Patrick All versus year. Josh, <laughs> but Joe Burrow came in and said, well, wait a second, I'm better. I, you know, it, he thinks he's better than everybody, right? He said his windows, the windows open as long as I'm here. Last week he said, I hope they give those guys a refund because all those people paid for the tickets. Hey, for when I heard percent. that, I was like, ooh, I said, he fired up. I said, that would get me, I mean, that would, yeah, I'll be ready to come. We about to rain on y'all parade, bro. I'm That's sorry. like when Javon Hargraves gets a sack, he does this and he just, and then he kicks down the door. Yeah. That was that was Joe Burrow just kicking out of the door and I'm, oh you, you guys forgot like we're I know we're from Cincinnati and nobody likes our helmets and blah 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 like I'm the I'm him I'm the guy he actually started yelling on the field like I'm him 
I'm him. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? He's like, he didn't even know he was doing it, but they got him on a mic, you know, but yeah. that's, he's that dude, man. Like he yeah. is, he's like, he know who he is. He's he, everyone thinks he's Joe cool. Dude. He's Ric Flair. Yeah. He's Ric Flair. He's the mink wearing jumbo jet flying high. You know what I mean? Like he is yeah. dude. He is that dude. I remember those days. I remember he is that days. dude. Yep. Got a couple more here with the, with the bills, man. You see, they go in motion and like, this is the difference between a team that just believes in themselves, sticking to their fundamentals, not doing, not doing too much. This is a very simple play. My running back has a head start on your safe. You just dropped down in the box. I should be able to make this play. I have two blockers outside and they're just a sure tackling team. And that guy goes down. Like he's like, dude, like a hot knife through butter, man. That's like right, way I too easy know, to cut that I'll, dude down. I'll right. Work for that no sorry. doubt. No doubt. But this, all this stuff, like Hendrickson beats uh, uh, Dawkins. I, this ended up being an incomplete pass. But this dude, you don't think he's going to get wins? He gets wins. Right. I mean, Dawkins is a great. Deion Dawkins is a great player, and and to just get, just get beat like that. I mean, th this game we talked about it on the on the uh, review show. Like it looked like the the Bills were the ones that were that were wearing the bad cleats and you know it, not comfortable at home, but. It's just right. little plays like this, man. Like, Lou Anarumo is doing a good job. Are you going to bring five? Are you going to bring six? Are you going to bring him off the weak side? Are you going to bring him off the strong side? You know, a lot of guys want to rotate safeties down. The Bengals will go ahead and line up eight in the box, and then they'll just run their fire zone right off of that. And so the the difference being, like, sometimes, like Josh Allen, for example, he doesn't even acknowledge that they're, that, that they're going to run this blitz. The linebacker stops right in front and doesn't carry this guy because they got a safety behind him. So he's actually sitting on the slant. And it's like, this is one of those things where when you look at Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, like, I don't know that Patrick Mahomes has this problem, but it sure worked in this game. Yeah. It's just reading and uh, figuring out who they're trying to carry. Like you said, trying to carry to or who they're trying to bracket in terms of the zone coverage right there and being mm -hmm. smart with your throws and paying it to try to. You know, when you know your target, you know where your target is, where you want to go with the ball, being mindful of that defender and how he's playing the guy in or, or the area you want to throw the ball to. You see him right here. Von Bell's already coming. And he yeah. just gets – he panics because 57 didn't didn't carry. And, that's again, like Patrick Pat, – I you would have thought Josh Allen was going to make these plays, but he didn't. So, no. you, wonder yeah. if, you, you wonder if Patrick Mahomes – now, this is, this is the power when we talk about – just game changers, man. This is so, that guy. so Jamar Chase is down here. They bring T. Higgins over, and they just send Jamar. Just he just go. Okay, just, hey, you just run fast. Okay. Look at this. <laughs> T. Higgins is a legit number one wide receiver on other football teams. Yeah. All these dudes are either looking at Joe. The corners just they're running two, and they just completely forget. They don't even care that he's there. They're like, we'll just give you the ten yard pickup here. And Joe, maybe better than anybody else in the National Football League. He makes easy plays look easy. He, ne you never see him struggle on an easy play. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this play right here, I put this in because they're, they're running an old Texas route that you've run a million times, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Milano's got coverage right here, and he's like, "Dude, I'm just we're gonna pick up five yards, six yards." Like, you know what that play? That looked like a nothing play. You know what that play is? Second and four. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that that's it, that sounds stupid, but when you watch this game, if 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 a team's gonna play Joe Burrow deep, 
and just be like, you're not, Jamar Chase is not beating us for deep routes. He, they're not going to beat us. For, he's like, all right, dude, I, I can literally, I'm one of those guys that I will go first and 10, second and four, third and one, all, th- I can do it all day. Can you? You yeah. know, and he's just, I don't know who you have in this game. I know it's a pick him game. Like, I, I just can't, I keep trying to compare him to somebody other than Joe Montana just because I don't know Joe Montana's stats. I just remember when I was a kid going like, Joe Montana's the best player in football. And I watch Joe Burrow and I'm like, Joe Burrow's the best player in football right now. Yeah. You know, and I, I just don't know how else to say it, man. Like he's just, he makes it look, he makes it look so easy from a processing speed, like getting the guys, he, dude, he can sit in two by two. They don't even have to run motion. They do, but they don't really even have to. They can sit in two by two all day and just be like, I don't think you can disguise what I'm trying to, I'm, I'm about to accomplish. And I can call like 27 different plays out of this formation. Good luck trying to figure out which one I'm going to run. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. No, he's done a good job of that. Developing coaches, helping him out, and just coming with the talent that he already had and just expunging on that, growing it up you know, from his time at the college level to now. And, and it's a, a third, is it third year? Third year now. No, second year. No, third year. He tore his ACL first year and then last year's Super Bowl, third year. So. That's right. Yep. What, what do you, what do you got? Who do you got winning this game? I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. I, I, yeah. I just, I'm telling you, me, but who do you, they're, they're in Kansas City. Who's going to the Super Bowl, AG? Yeah, so I've been saying this for the last few weeks about Cincinnati is that I know the offense is going to do what the offense does because Joe Burrow is leading them, but I like their defense. I really like their defense. And so I'm going to stick on that. I'm going to go Bengals here um, because of that defense. And they're playing way better than they were this time of the la- this time last year. You know, they took advantage of people doubting them last year defensively, and that's why they they're able to step up and find the plays and ex- – and then come up with the plays knowing what Pat Mahomes likes to do. He likes to create time for it with his legs. He will not break the line of scrimmage. He will sit back and throw and move around left or right, break the pocket. But then the DBs were mindful to get the interceptions that they were because they were in the right area at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, went and got the ball and played aggressive defensively and played smart. So I could see them playing that now, and they're playing way better. They're actually shutting teams down. You know, if they can and if you know if they want to, basically. So, I say being Bengals. Remember last year they had Sam Hubbard. At times, they Sam Hubbard would run spy on Patrick Mahomes and like. Right. That's what I mean by smart. Yeah, you know, and, and what do you and what you think is like? I just it'll be interesting to see if they it'll be interesting to see how they come out with a game plan based on the fact that he had a high ankle sprain and it looks like he's recovering very well. But you know what I mean? Like there's you and I've both had that injury. Like that's that injury sucks, man. Like it is hard to to operate at a high level physically with a high ankle sprain. So I don't know. This could be this is as interesting a weekend as there's been because for me it feels like it feels like Joe Burrow could take over the mantle as the best player in football. Mm-hmm. And it also feels like Philly could or or San Francisco could cement themselves as like the start of a legacy because I I I think yeah. if Philly wins in in resounding fashion, I think the entire NFC is going to go, oh sh-, you know, like oh shit, like they, like they're really because their their team's not going anywhere, right? They they're going to have no. to reload a defensive tackle with a couple of those guys because they're older, like Limbaugh, Joseph, and, and Sue, yeah, the backup guys. The rest of the team, Fletcher Cox, they're not going anywhere. They're, they're all young, yeah, and they're all good. Kelsey can play. Like Kelsey might be, he might play till he's forty five, dude. The way that guy looks, the way he's built, and the way yeah, he's, man. Uh, the way so, he keeps his body in shape. Yep. And then shoot, San Francisco, if Brock Purdy, if he's the guy. I mean, they got. There's so many talk. We can have a separate discussion about what what did you do with Trey Lance? Like, does he go to Carolina now with Frank Reich? Yep. There's True. an option. I got one more thing I want to ask you before we go. 
Yeah. Because we brought up D'Amico Ryans. Do you think that they should have a moratorium on head coach hires until after the Super Bowl? Because it's it feels like, don't you think that D'Amico Ryans – now, Robert Salah got the Jets job, so it's not – we're proving that this isn't necessarily true. But for some of these teams – I like I can't make. And I think D'Amico turned down some teams because he just knew they weren't going to be a good fit. But I'm just, so let's maybe just make this more a generalized statement. Do you think they should just even the playing field and just make everybody wait until the Super Bowl's over so every so every team has a chance to get the top quality guys? I like that because that's fair. It gives us everybody the same amount of time. They could do all the research they want. Mm-hmm. They could do all the digging they want, but until actually to approach that coach face to face especially if that coach is in the playoff run where they at now, where these teams are at now. And then if the next two teams, you know, come out of this and go to the Super Bowl and that coach is one of those coordinate coordinators, I say that makes it fair playing field for everybody. I always like that um, aspect of it. As long as it's fair for everybody at the same time, but you got to do your homework. just like everybody else. Wait till after the Super Bowl. I like that, but it's not a bad idea. It's just, no. there, there is a lot to get. I, there's a there's a ton to get done, right? As far I mean, the Senior Bowls. I think guys are showing up this week, or like maybe yeah, they already I showed mean, up. Yeah, get all your work done, and but then you, but you, you can't if you're if you're a but if you let's say you're hiring a general manager, a head coach, it's like, you, or you need a quarterback, or like you got you got the second pick in the draft, and the Senior Bowl starting, like they would have to. I guess they'd have to move back because like it's not like D'Amico Ryan's hasn't interviewed, you know, like they can right. interview on Zoom and everything. So, but it just feels. I, this that Frank Wright thing like threw, it threw me off. I really, yeah. I because I was talking about it last night. I really didn't think they'd hire him. Right. Yeah. Hire him. All right. Well. All right. Ag, we'll see, man. We'll see what going. What's what happens? We'll catch yep. you guys back on uh, Monday. Am I tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah. Find me on uh, Instagram at Green Thirty right there. Boom. And then on TikTok, Amon Green's Gamers Lounge talking about the video game world. And he talked about Mike this week. League League of Legends Riot Company was mm-hmm. their source code was stolen was hacked and held for ransom for like 10 million dollars and do they get it do they get no they they say we ain't paying that (laughs) because they make a lot of money (laughs) so they're like no y'all got we'll figure it out so because they got enough guys what's that so so you know what we didn't talk about is uh you're you are you still in nebraska yeah i'm I'm, this is my office right here okay so ag with your new position Are, are you in? Are you in? Are you, are you in a classroom environment? And be, yeah. yeah. And when does that start? That starts March twentieth after spring break. So I'm preparing for that now. Dude, we're gonna have to go through because we're gonna have time in the offices. We're gonna have to go through your curriculum. Oh yeah, we you know what I mean. We should sit down and like. <laughs> I'll get my. I'll get a, a controller. <laughs> for sure, you we gotta do it. Play something. I gotta teach me how to play. So my kids like kids like you know. I'm going to get, you know, when I go to college or whatever, like, I'm the only kid who doesn't know how to play video games, Dad. I go, well, that's not my fault. Go outside. Now you're, and I go, get your ass outside and go throw a rock or something. <laughs> go throw a, you say go throw a rock. Go throw something. a rock or something, bro. All right. I did We're at it. We're out of here. Right, I'm, I'm MikeWall68 on Twitter. Uh, Prostitute Perform on Instagram. Check this show out. Yeah. And uh, like, subscribe, rate, review us. You know, we didn't hit our bet online, AG, but we'll get it next time. What the yeah, hell? we'll get it next time. All right, brother. All right, man. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.